Sorry. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Uh, today, I've got a, a native of my home state of Virginia. Even though I run West Virginia and Commonplace, I am a native of Central Virginia, the 434 area code. Um, I have Shannon with me today. And Shannon, you have to forgive me. She just went over her last name with me just that fast. I uh, lost her last name. Shannon, please tell the audience who you are and why you are here today, please. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for having me. My name is Shannon Mosier and I'm here today to discuss the book that I most recently um, had written a few months ago and just to talk about some of the content that would be relevant to help those folks who might be struggling with um, some mental health situations these days. There's a lot going on in 2020. We get stuck in our thoughts and my book is all about how to get your get unstuck from your thoughts and start moving towards a better life. And I, I like that about you um, because mental health is taboo. Um, it doesn't matter. I always say this, the younger generation, they have a, a better staple of people talking about mental health, but I'm talking about, I'm 35 years old. So I'm going to say from 35, well, we'll go from 28, 28 to almost 50 something. Mental health is taboo. We hide it. We say that someone, we always put the word crazy on people. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we didn't want to deal with it. And now because everything's so, so centered around everyone, me and you grew up in a generation where it was not always centered on us. Everything was a group effort. Mm -hmm. You didn't have so much me, me, me. It was us. If it didn't benefit us, we're not going to worry with it. And um, I thank you for, for writing your book and all this other stuff. So let's do this. Let's spin this real quick. Shannon, tell everybody a little bit about your upbringing. Cause think about, that I always like to, to do that in a podcast for the simple fact that um, your upbringing kind of tells a story about how you got to where you're going. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I find that that's one of the things that helps me to, to be an effective counselor as well is because I can relate with my clients who are struggling with emotional pain. I actually grew up with two absent parents. I grew up in Bassett, Virginia. <laughs> so like you said, I'm in your stomping grounds there, you know, um, and so I basically raised myself from the age of 17. Um, and I didn't have a role model. I didn't have anyone to teach me anything. I had to learn all these things about myself. But growing up with absent parents, you start to take in these perceptions about yourself that you're not lovable, you're not good enough. And you're always trying to accomplish things because when you achieve certain things, you're tying your self-worth to that. And so if I wasn't achieving things, then I felt really terrible about myself. And so anyways, long story short, um, those thoughts, feelings, things like that, that were very immature, bled into my first marriage. And during the roller coaster ride <laughs> that I experienced in my first marriage, I really found my path going through counseling. So I attended counseling. My counselor, she helped me to unearth some things that um, were part of my childhood that really impacted me in my present day, and that was causing my anxiousness, my depressive symptoms, things of that nature. And um, she really helped me to discover that life could be different, and you can get out of your head. And the voices in your head and all of these shaming and blaming messages that you put on yourself, that's all you, right? Um, you do that to yourself, you punish yourself. And so she helped me to work through those things. And that landed me into obviously wanting to become a counselor myself. 
because I realized that you don't have to be on medication in a lot of circumstances to deal with your mental health situations. You can do it naturally through talk therapy. And I wanted to be able to take the learning that I had and transform that into something where I could help others. And that takes me back to the reason why I wrote this book. I understand that therapy can be quite expensive and it can be taboo. You know, just like you mentioned earlier, some people don't want to go to therapy because they think that they're crazy <laughs> and they're robbing themselves of an opportunity to really do something wholesome and meaningful um, for their life. So I wrote the book to really scratch the surface and talk about things that you can start doing, different thinking patterns um, that you can start implementing in your life that will actually help to supplement if you do decide to take that decision and go see a counselor yourself. Or if you're not quite ready for that yet, it'll at least pique your interest enough and give you enough skills to get you reflecting and turning your attention inward on yourself and really starting to heal some of those wounds. So hopefully that explains in a nutshell of where I started and where I'm at today. And really, I love doing podcasts. I love being on the radio. I love doing these things because I care so much about helping others. And it's not about money to me. It's really about, let's do this together. We're all in the same boat of emotional pain. Let me use my expertise and my experience to help others. And that's really what I want to, to leave your listeners with. Okay, and I appreciate that. Now, we're going to do a little spin on this. Me and you grew up in the era where there was 2020 News Magazine. Uh, you had uh, John Stossel that did a little comedy. You had Diane Sawyer that had a few questions, but you had Barbara Walters that had hard-hitting questions. So I'm going to give you the Barbara Walters from <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and this is something that's crazy. Uh, before we did this podcast today, I, I was talking about something about love. Um, we always talk about relationships and stuff like that, but you told a story that I, that I literally just put into a, a post that I haven't posted yet, which is crazy. Um, you came from a house. You didn't come from a home. Right. So where did you develop love? That has been the hardest topic that I've been, that, that mm. I've been, that I've, that's uh, to get people to grasp. I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue tied. Where did you develop love? Because where I come from, I had a mother, father, they expressed love. They showed love. So I learned love. I knew love from the day I came out the womb to the day, I mean, even beyond when my father passed away, I knew love mm -hmm. and I carried that on in life. Where did you develop your love? And the reason that I, I try to get deep into this because I thought about it, you know, we take advice from people on relationships and everything else, but we're talking about the aspect of love because you have to have self-care, but you have to love yourself before you can go get help from anyone. How did you develop your love for yourself? I think that's a great question. And there's many, as you ask that question, there's so many things that start going in my head um, to answer that. And for me personally, I initially, the way that I learned love was, you know, I did have family members, you know, they always say it takes a village, right? I did have family members that in some ways had shown or demonstrated love to me but not from an affection standpoint, not from a presence standpoint. Um, and I never got the opportunity to really observe two people, uh, my parents, to be in love and to demonstrate what love is and to roll through conflict together, but still be strong as a unit. And the ways that I, and, and this is another way that other people who you know maybe have faced similar circumstances such as myself, 
determine love is by fantasy, by looking through movies, by comparing ourselves to others, looking at their relationships and trying to pick up those pieces and make sense of it. Um, it it's really muddling through everything that society tells you the relationships that are in front of you and questioning, you know, what is this and, and how do I respond in these situations? And I was never really taught how to love. And so going back to how that bled into my marriage, you know, it, it, there was a lot of things that maybe I wasn't ready to take ownership yet because I didn't know. There was a lot of my own self-limiting beliefs that I just didn't realize were bleeding into that situation. That, were, that was causing a lot of not only my own personal strife, but the strife in the marriage. And, you know, again, there's a maturity aspect and things like that. But the way that I learned self-love was actually through acceptance. Okay. And I know that that seems really broad, but for example, acceptance is instead of allowing a story of, well, he should be doing this, you know, if he doesn't do it this way, then it means he doesn't love me right? That's actually a distorted thought. And then you start to feel unlovable. So I had to take a step back and I had to say, okay, that was just a thought. You know, I'm using an emotional filter right now. 90% of what we filter is from the past, excuse me, anyways. So only 10% was my logic side. So I really had to learn how to step back and stop taking things so personally and start to say, okay, that was just a thought, but I am a lovable person here's the evidence how, right? And I had to use the circumstances in which I show love. Now, the, the other part of this question too, is I get people who have certain expectations of their partner of how love should be, or even expectations of their parents of how love should be. And what happens is if you're expecting a parent or a partner to provide and to give you certain things that you need emotionally and you have that expectation of them and they're not meeting that expectation you start to get resentful and things really start turning in a bad direction and so my question to those folks is when you look at when, when you have these unmet needs as it relates to love and feeling love whoever it is whether you look at your your spouse or you look at your parents it depends on where you're at in life right if you think about what their parental relationships were like and who taught them to love, majority of the time when I ask that question, well, who taught your parents to love? Then there's usually a conflict there. There's usually something that's there that's like, oh, well, you know, they would argue all the time or, oh, it was alcoholism or, oh, whatever. And I'm like, okay, so let's think about that for a minute. If your parents never learned how to love, but you have the expectation that they should love you, but they were never taught how to love, then how does that change your viewpoint? And it actually shifts into this level of compassion. And it's like, wow, you know, I'm expecting this person to love me, but they were never taught how, right? So then you can't think that it's all about you anymore. It's situational they can't love you or they're not demonstrating their love to you because they don't know how it's not about you at all. And so that's where the acceptance part comes in. Okay. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Cause like the whole thing that I've been going over, cause like I said, I have no degree in anything like this. I was telling somebody that it's all about a concept. We make conceptual love. 
And then we spread that conceptual love. And just because what we have in our, our concept of what love should be, that's not going to be love for everybody else. Right. And I said, you have to always be careful about the advice you take. Cause like you said, you you found that there was a pattern where love really wasn't there. And that's, that's something that I always wanted to dive into. So let's dive into your book real quick. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what's going on in the inside of this book? Tell us a little bit about parts therapy. Yeah, so parts therapy, there's a lot of contributors to this particular technique. There's internal family systems therapy by Dr. Richard Schwartz. There's parts therapy by Roy Hunter, who is a world-renowned hypnotherapist. There's even other books that are out there that talk about the multiplicity of the mind. And as I dug into this, parts therapy, if you think about, and I, and I don't have royalties or rights or anything like that, but if you've ever seen that little cartoon, um, the, the Disney movie, um, Inside Out, you have your five little characters, right? Um, that's parts therapy. It's understanding how those little characters that are in your mind get you emotionally involved in situations. You know, what wounds are they, what wounds are they carrying? How do they stand up for each other? How do they help each other? You know, nine times out of 10, if we, if we have an angry part of us, for example, we want to shush it away. We want to sweep it under the rug. We want to ignore it or we want to fight with it. And then what happens is those thoughts end up coming back with a vengeance. So my book teaches you how to hear your thoughts and how to learn and accept them as a part of your internal system of your mind, okay, that are actually there with good positive intentions that were just forced into roles based on past experiences and they're trying to protect you. So understanding those voices in the head, not to say that you agree with them, but to say, you know what, okay, I hear that thought, I realize that there is that part of me that still hurts from whatever situation, or that part of me is still angry about that. Yeah, and that's okay. Instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't be angry because then that means I'm ungrateful or you know whatever, right? But, um, there's a lot of different shaming and blaming messages that you can have in your head, but it's really about listening to those thoughts, not labeling them as good or bad, and just saying, yeah, you know, a part of me does feel that way in certain instances. And it's a, just a much more... Uh, relieving and relaxing way of relaxing approach rather than getting lost in the narrative of where your brain ends up, ends up trying to take you because your brain always needs a story for something. Right, right. I agree with that so <laughs> wholeheartedly on that one. So you know how podcast goes. I need you real quick to plug where people can meet you, talk to you and where you are because you know you got some people that skip through the podcast. They're like, I like <laughs> this part, I like that part. And, and I'll get you to do this uh, one more time if you don't mind because you tell them where they can meet you uh, meet in the middle to talk to you to uh, get your services or can they meet you Shannon <laughs> yes absolutely and thank you so much for bringing that up so the best way to reach me is actually going to be through my email you can email me at shannon at lifespringhouston.com I do live in Houston Texas right now um, but again my email is shannon at lifespringhouston.com you can also find my book on Amazon it's called inner acceptance and I also have free resources on my website and you can contact me on the web, the, the book website anyways, and that's interacceptance.com. Um, so I'll be happy to share those details again later. Okay. Now I, I like that we were able to do the Diane Sawyer or the Barbara Walters question first. <laughs> now let's go yeah. to the Diane Sawyer one. And this is her questions were always personal. Um, I don't know if you remember too much about 2020 because it, it's kind of 
it's not it's vivid in my mind because I do this take all the time. But uh, Diane and Tori would do something kind of personal. Um, so you know, you, you counsel people and you help people, and you've told the story, you know, somewhat of your life. But when did you get hurt? After that, when did you get to the? Because everyone, you know, we get hurt, we build up, we become a strong person. You become the counselor, but where did you get hurt again? That that fortified you? Because you know, first you built yourself up, but you weren't fortified. Where did you get hurt to get to where you are now? You know, as I think about that, we all have different hurts and, and different levels of hurts. And the part that I think really stands out to me is how through my career and things like that, I would always personalize things. And so I would actually hurt myself, to be honest with you. Okay. I would hurt myself with my thoughts. Um, so let, let me give you an example. So as I was training to become a counselor, you have to do like a residency. You have to fulfill so many hours requirements. And so my supervisor had, <laughs> he had been um, a psychologist for 40 some odd years. Oh, and wow. so I would observe and watch some of his you know, counseling sessions and he was wonderful. And I would always find myself comparing myself to him and I felt so inadequate. And again, I'm novice here. So here I am brand new person and I'm trying to compare myself to this person that's got 40 years of experience and I'm feeling inadequate. And that inadequacy was just muddling me through my counseling and I almost gave up. Right. And that's how I hurt myself. I almost believed that I couldn't do it. And there were a lot of instances in 2020 where I had to face fears. Obviously, a lot of us had just going to the grocery store, you're facing fears. Right. Man, yes. um, but I think that there's a lot of it, it's not just one hurtful experience, but it's a combination of multiple experiences that oh, just multiple. kind of glob into one. Right. And then it's almost like every time something happens, it ends up just confirming your doubts, right? And I think that that happens to a lot of us. But um, I, I would... Let's take a minute real fast for our sponsor. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design, and they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's pair.com slash promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Definitely say that not only did my, my first marriage, my divorce, and, and everything that I went through that and this whole discovery process, that was the huge part that really fortified me um, in my life. And than just these little mini trial runs that I get in life, these little hurtful experiences that really challenge, you know, my ability to be able to turn my attention within and really just offer myself some self-compassion through that. And it's hard. A lot of people want to run in, you know, through the emotion of it and get sidetracked. And it's really hard, but I do that by just taking a step back, taking a breath and saying, all right, Shannon, be nice to yourself for a minute. Come on, let's have some compassion here. Talk to myself like I'm a friend, right? Stop 
comparing myself, um, you know, these thoughts that are running through my head, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I don't have to get lost in you, I can let you go. This is all the mental self-talk that I have in my head, and it's just really powerful once you have an awareness that it's there, that you can do it, and then you start practicing with it, and it's really awesome. So I, I know that maybe you were hoping for, you know, a groundbreaking uh, situation that really hurt me, but I really think that it's just a, a multitude of things that hurt us on the daily that we deal with. And, and I can agree with that because that's how I feel, you know, I had one, you know, I'm one of those people that I was not necessarily happy-go-lucky, but I had one thing happen and then it just transformed me. Um, uh -huh. Now, diving into this book, I'm, I grab your book off of Amazon. You can grab it in physical form and paperback. I mean, paperback or digital or just digital? Yes, you can. On Amazon, you can get the paperback and the ebook version. Mm -hmm. All right, so I put it on my iPad. I'm reading through my Kindle app. Um what are certain methods or techniques that you use to, no, I'm not saying draw someone in because that's not the correct way, but I'll say, how do you intrigue me? How do you get my, my mental, my mental right with your methods? What are your <laughs> me basically, so basically, what are your methods? How do you help me along my journey? I share stories. Um, stories help you to relate with others. Stories almost speak your language, at least in a similar degree of, hey, I've experienced that to some degree, right? So I actually have some stories of actual clients um, that I had um, completed therapy with, who by learning the methods that I teach in the book and really making a commitment to themselves and practicing, have found a new life, something different. And it's so powerful. I mean, I just, I get chills when I think about it because, you know, when I have somebody that's coming to me with 40 years of anxiety and they can't even go to the grocery store because they're freaking out and having panic attacks and everything. And they learn the seven steps that I teach in the book. And they go from 40 years of being in a shell and not living life and not being able to get on a plane and go do the things that they want to do. And being dependent on their husband to just go through the grocery store because they're so afraid of everything that's going on and moving and transforming that to, she can go to the grocery store now. <laughs> she can get on a plane. She can go to the doctor. She can do all the things now just by following these methods. And they're very simple. They're very, very simple. All it takes is a commitment to yourself and trying to practice it. Um, what's really cool too, is that although inside the book, I have certain techniques with little acronyms to make it easy to remember. Uh -huh. It's one thing to read it, but it's a whole nother level when you hear it. So I had actually hired this company out in Britain, um, a voiceover artist, <laughs> and we would do meditations. And I know some people are probably like, oh my God, meditations, here's this Western philosophical or Eastern philosophical, you know, whatever. And it's not about that. It's about being able to listen to what you're reading because if you're an auditory person, you need that. So I also have that on the website as well. Those are resources um, to help walk you through and practice some of those techniques. Okay, so you got a way to help everybody. So I like that. I try, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that way, you know, because sometimes uh, we both know that uh, it's hard to gauge people and get people involved, but with so much involvement that you're doing, you know, by having that, because I'm an audio person myself, because I travel so much, that mm -hmm. I, like, like, I'll put a podcast in, and I'll just go, I don't listen to any of my own material most of the time, but something, something that's going to help me, you know, mm -hmm. I'll listen to it, um, 
and, and that goes a long ways with me. Okay, we've come to a part in this podcast where you have to give back to the audience and me. Okay. Um, my first few podcasts in the last season, I met a rapper. And this rapper, intelligent guy, doing pretty good on Spotify, wherever else. He can solve an Rubik's Cube in 40 seconds. Okay? Had another lady that has something that makes her debilitated. The sound of a Coke can or, or anything, any that, that sound, that clicking sound from a commercial, it'll make her stop doing everything in life. She won't go anywhere. If she's in the car, she'll pull it off to the side of the road. And then there comes my part. Um, I, I tell the story about beats, but I have another secret that I've never told anybody. I travel everywhere. I go to rock, I climb rocks, all kinds of stuff, but there's something weird. And I go to ocean and everything. I cannot swim. That's my secret. I cannot swim. I've no, I have no fear of dying in the water. Someone there will save me. It's kind of weird, but I can't swim. So if you wouldn't mind, Shannon, could you give us a secret talent or a secret that no one knows about you? <laughs> oh, man. That's so tough. And because I'm an introverted person, <laughs> I think, and then I think, and then I think. Um, so a secret about me that oh no one gosh. knows that we're putting you on front street because this is the one little concept in this show i always do this for the simple fact that sometimes you find out something very interesting like i found out um one lady how she memorizes people it's by the brand of clothing you wear if you wear nautica if you wear something from walmart you wear starter anything she will remember that you wear starter and you wear the light lilac color and that's hmm. how she remembers who you are so people have different quirks and different things. And uh, I had another one. What was the, the funniest one I've had? Oh, yeah, I had a, one that was really funny. A lady goes out to Goodwills and different places and buys old artwork. And then she puts glitter and rhinestones on it and resells it. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I think, if anything, I'm, I'm always just very honest. I don't try to, to hide anything. I always say that honesty is the best policy. And, you know, if, if people, one of the things that I always did was to try to sugarcoat things to be a people pleaser because I never really wanted to hurt anybody's feelings and I wanted to caress and massage, um, you know, what I say. And there, there's always benefit in doing that. But then you rob people of the opportunity to, um, you know, really have an outlet and feel what it is that they're feeling inside and to know um, these important things about themselves. So for me, I still shy away um, to a certain degree of telling the truth because I'm still afraid of someone experiencing emotional pain. I still have that people pleaser part in me. So the trick that I do in order to get past that is within a blink of an eye, I just kind of close my eyes and I just take a nice deep breath and I'll say, okay, a part of me is kind of scared to tell the truth here, but this other part needs to tell the truth. This is all mentally in my head. I'm like, I'm recognizing both of those parts. I'll say, you know what? There's a part of me that, that really just doesn't want to tell you the truth right now. Um, but this other part of me knows that I need to be honest with you right now. And so I'm going to share with you what my honest opinion about that is. And I'm validating both of my parts, right? 
And I'm basically not preventing myself from speaking the truth to that person. So if I'm going to leave you with anything, anything that you're doubtful of, even if it's swimming or whatever, just in a blink of an eye, just take a nice deep breath and just validate whatever it is that you're experiencing, but then allow that part that needs to do whatever it needs to do to come out. Okay. I can accept that. That's a good one. That's a good one there. Now, um, what's the future look like for you? You got this book out here, you're counseling, you're all over the internet. What's next for you? Yeah, so actually most recently I had completed a gratitude journal as well. And um, did you allow bad words to be on this podcast? Yeah, we, we say whatever you want to say. <laughs> all right, so... I came up with um, a gratitude journal because gratitude, not forced gratitude, but gratitude is something that um, really helps to, to give you a meaningful and purposeful life. So I've created this gratitude journal and it's called Gratitude Sprinkles, how to sprinkle that shit everywhere and live a bomb ass life. I like um, <laughs> uh, so that's actually what, what I just worked on. And so really what I'm trying to help people, you know, um, underlying there is to be unapologetically you and that's the stance that I'm taking these days say it how you need to say it be you right um so I'm working on another project that's going to be a little bit longer that's related to um, a therapy technique actually and um, we're going to be rolling out certification programs within the next few years um yeah it's called unconscious resilience therapy and um it's a new treatment modality that um, I'm working on with a few colleagues. So that's actually on my agenda and doing a lot of research, having a lot of fun with um, the gratitude sprinkles. And um, I'm doing blogs now. Um, I'm asking people for topics. And so feel free to email me again. I know we'll get back to that later, but emailing me your topics about what you want to hear about. And I'm transitioning and taking those topics into blogs and articles and I'm posting them on my website. So that way it's relevant it's meaningful and you're always going to walk away with three steps, three steps that you can walk away with and start applying in your life. Huh. Simple. So you got a lot going on. A lot, <laughs> a lot. All right. Now, Shannon, everybody gets to a certain point in life, but there's always people in the background. Could you give a shout out to the people in the background that help you? Cause there was someone that was always behind you somewhere they may have stumbled and fell off and then another person came but we always have something that builds us up so so yeah. who who around with you would you give a shout out to for helping you along your way I love that and thank you for asking um because I, I wouldn't be able to do this without encouragement from others or else I'd get stuck in my head <laughs> which is you know kind of the point of the book um but Dr. Lerman Dr. Marty Lerman he was my supervisor for many years he's still a great friend of mine um, definitely want to give him a shout out. And I want to give a shout out to my husband, Stephen, um, Stephen Mosier. He has been so supportive and encouraging. And, you know, sometimes he might be like, well, that's weird, but he still rolls with it and he supports me and my kids. They get so excited when they find out that I'm going to be on a podcast. So definitely a shout out to all four of my kids, Chloe, Joshua, Gabriel, and Matthew. Love them to death. And, you know, without without the circle of people in my life, um, I don't know what I do. So those are my shout out people. Thanks for asking. Okay. Now, um, before we get out this podcast, I always have to do this. And, and, and this falls in the lines of 
you know, you're a social media influencer, no matter if you say you're not. We yeah. all, I found out that I am. I stopped somewhere locally back home. Um, what was a town? It was a little small town, somewhere uh, between Bedford and Roanoke County. Somewhere, okay. Someone recognized me and said, man, one of your guests, it wasn't me that helped them, but one of my guests, just like in your case, helped them. So what I need help with is this. You're an author also. Mm-hmm. Counselor, you have all this background. When you started writing this book, what was a roadblock you hit and how did you get over that roadblock? <laughs> yeah, so the roadblock for me is I'm a very technical person. Um, I'm not a story writer, okay? I'm, I am creative, but I'm not. And the problem with me, especially writing this particular book, which I'm really looking forward to my next book because it's very clinical and it's very dry and it's very technical because that's I'm just a dork and that's just the way my brain works. So this book really challenged me from a creativity standpoint, the power of words, how to use words to influence and captivate the interest of my readers, how to break this story down so that way it creates imagery in your mind, anytime you're creating an image, when you're reading a book and it creates an image in your mind, you're gonna remember it, okay? Um, So how do I create that imagery? There was a lot that was going into it. So when I first started and and I was taking a look at, you know, what I had from pen to paper, I was like, gosh, you know, this is so technical. And I started beating myself up and I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this. But then I just validated that part of me and I said, you know what? I realized that this part of me is really trying to keep me from doing this book. But what's your purpose, Shannon? And my purpose was to help people. That was my motivation. That was my determination. I needed to get this out there because I knew the content would help people. I love people. I want to help people. I've had reviews about my book that says this book is like just Shannon's giving you a warm hug. Okay. And that's what I want. I want you to feel connected. I want you to feel heard and understood. And I want you to walk away with things that are practical, simple, and useful that you can start applying and start living your life, living the life that you want to live. It's okay to do that. And I want to teach you and help you out. Okay. That's a good answer there. Now here's the hard hidden question. Again. (laughs) Yeah. This one, this one hits harder because this question I'm about to ask you, some people freeze up on this, and I'm talking about people that have your discipline in their background. Um, and this is something that I don't freeze up on because obviously I have to deal with it a lot from episode to episode. How do you deal with the criticism? Criticism, you know, it's almost like I'm walking even into this podcast that says I'm going to have people that will not like my message. I might mess up on my words. I might not make sense. And I'm okay with that. I am an imperfect human, just like you are. I put my pants on the same way you do. I bump my elbow on the wall and stub my toes the same way that you do. (laughs) And that's how I deal with the criticism, right? I bring it down to the humility aspect of I'm an imperfect human. Not everyone's going to like me and I'm okay with that. I'm always open to criticisms as well that says, you know what? I understand that maybe you were displeased with what I said, or you didn't agree with it or whatnot. Tell me more about that. Maybe I'm missing something. I always try to treat it as a learning opportunity because maybe I am missing something. 
you know, I think that the criticism is something that's going to help to open my eyes to say, oh yeah, you know, I can see how I was blinded in that area. That's the perspective that I try to have. I'm done with the, the blaming and shaming of myself. I've been there. I've done that. And I know that there's no power in beating myself up from criticism of others or criticism of myself. There's much more power in learning how to roll with it and learning how to learn from it and being okay with, as I had mentioned earlier, being unapologetically you, being you. I'm going to be me. Like me or love me. Whatever. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I love you still. It's okay. <laughs> and, and I thank you for that because so many people, that's what kills creativity. That's what stops people from living their dreams. Mm -hmm. And even though I may have a thousand people say this over time, it's the sound of your voice. It's the way you say it. Those things convey, or let me, my favorite word, they resonate mm -hmm. with people that won't listen to the next person or the, or the person two episodes before you. So I always tell people, thank you for doing this. Because that right there, you'll get takeaways from your, for your business and everything else. But you right there, you set up the future of what you just said. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And, and I appreciate that. So yeah, thank you. Um, and wrapping up. And it's real. I keep it real. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. And in wrapping, wrapping up, I want to tell you, thank you for coming on West Virginia in Commonplace. My pleasure. Um, we're actually, and this is weird, like we're actually not, our stomping grounds are a little distance, but we're actually from the same area. So I really like it when I get to get someone that's a local from my area because <laughs> our mannerisms are different. Um, and where we're from is different territories, but we all have the same concept we want to help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, in any other city, people do that, but where we're from, it's just it's just different. We're so a different breed. <laughs> you won. Uh, and in the near future, I'd like to have you back because you have other projects. And um, the other thing, like where you helped out with that love situation right there, and I'm putting this at the end of the episode because I'm probably not going to put a review at the end of this. I'm just going to put the tie this in here. Um, your thoughts and your patterns on love and all that stuff are amazing. I wish I could have taken that, bottled it up, and sold it because I think, you know, we like I said, we can't put a hard shell on how people are supposed to love each other and all that other stuff, but that really will tie into people, and I want to thank you for that, and once again, I want to thank you for being in West Virginia Commonplace. Yes, absolutely. You're most welcome, and I reach out to me anytime. I want to be a resource. Okay. Now, definitely, one thing we forgot to do, tell everybody where they can get your book and where they can find you. Right. Uh, so again, you can get the book on Amazon. It's in the paperback or the um, ebook version. It's called Inner Acceptance, How to Embrace Your Inner Mind and Change Your Life. You can also purchase the book on the website, innerexceptance.com. And you can reach me directly at Shannon at lifespringhouston.com. Again, that's S-H-A-N-N-O-N at L-I-F-E-S-P-R-I-N-G-H-O-U-S-T-O-N.com. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you.